welcome, welcome, one and all, to Take 85. Real quick, we want to just express our gratitude to Eric Nolan for coming on to Take 84, sharing all of, all of his experiences being a part of Game of Thrones. That was a phenomenal take. Again, Eric, thank you so much for your time. Go ahead and listen to that. So for Take 85. To interject, to interject really quick. Thank you, everyone, that reached out to us with all of your beautiful comments about the take as well. That was very touching, very nice. I liked it. I have many screenshots and just, yeah, it, it was nice. That's all I can say. Okay, go back all to right, you. All right, <laughs> Yeah, it was very, very heartwarming. So Take 85, man, we are talking The Last Dance. Michael Jordan, that documentary, is finished. Did that fill the void for sports? We're going to be talking also Space Jam. I mean, duh. That's also a part of MJ's legacy. And without further ado, a part of this pod, this take, I have my dear friend, my boss, one of the most f- funny people I've ever met in my life. That is Tanner Lind, hailing from Missoula, Montana. Let's go. Tanner, we are 85 takes too late. For you to be on the pod, but this is just a fitting pod. Fitting this is, take this for is you great. to come on. No, thank you for, so much for having me. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been too long. 85 takes. Yeah. That's incredible. I remember when you first started, when you guys first started. Too, too bad it wasn't Tanner like 40 me, ago. Yeah, that would have been nice. Um, but you know what? I had to earn my dues. I had to I had to earn my dues first. So I feel like a rookie today. You guys are the vets. I'm the rookie. Yeah. You know, and about time. About time you come on. Let's go. We'll break um, in. Yeah, we, we, we want to know all about, I mean, I know a lot about you, but a lot of the sweets, <laughs> the listeners don't know. I mean, I see you every day, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what you do, um, I mean, we met 2014, September. Yeah. And yeah, talk a little bit about that. Talk I about think it was Lace the 23rd night of September. Probably. That sounds very it's, it's a great song, so it might work. Um, so no, so... Um, I, um, I don't know, the sweets about me. Um, I'm very likable. Yes. Uh, no, I love basketball. True. I have a huge passion for basketball. Um, I grew up, uh, Michael Jordan was my favorite player, so it is great that we get to do this um, about my favorite player. Um, and growing up, I'm, I'm a few years older than you guys, so I actually experienced all the stuff and was able to reminisce about all the stuff in the last dance that um you guys probably just caught the tail end of that but um i had older brothers that loved basketball as well so that's kind of where my passion for basketball started um i wanted to be like mike essentially um in great movie in, um <laughs> yes <laughs> oh. Calvin, watch out for calvin, calvin. <laughs> i always forget is it bow wow or romeo that's in it which lil is it Lil Lil Bow Lil Romeo? L-I-L No, Bow Wow Lil Bow Wow, Bow wow. Bow wow. Got it, okay. but, but remember that L-I-L Like, it's not Lil It's Lil Lil, yeah Lil Bow Wow Oh yeah, it's Lil Lil Yeah uh, I ask this question once a month I don't know who it's normally to But I, it always comes up So, okay, Bow yeah. Wow Lil Bow so, Wow So, but Come on the But uh, anyway So, some a little bit about me um, I, we, we run Lace Them Up Basketball Skills Training So, um, I started that 10 years ago, um, and then we met, wow. Tanner and I met uh, five years ago, 
pretty much. Yeah, 2014. 2014. So six years. Six years. So this is uh, in Keeks. We met what? Probably four years ago. Probably. <laughs> probably four years ago at uh, at a wing stop, I believe. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh my. I think we watched it. We watched some, a game. We watched yeah, a playoff. We Was watched it the Warriors. We probably Warriors yes. game. That's right. You're you're a huge Warriors fan. I don't have my shirt. I have an MJ jersey on, but. I've got four four warrior shirts in the in the back in some cupboard in my house. In the back. Well, th- you might need a wardrobe change at some point during take 85. Yeah. Well, actually, I want to I want to let everybody That's know they can't point. see Kamiko, but Kamiko is all fleshed out right now. He's wearing his Michael Jordan jersey, his Air Jordan shorts, and his Jordan 4s. Jordan 4s. That's that, fire. Those, those Jordan 4s looks like you've probably load them on lawn in them. Mow the lawn in them about five um, times. I hope you didn't. These are the Military blues from 2012, so <laughs> eight years old, soul is yellowing, but they look great. Oh, that's the best type. When that soul starts to go yellow, you know you know, you got a real and not a fake. <laughs> so That's true. <laughs> You're getting like a crack. You're getting like a crack in the painting near the yep. sole of the shoe. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's perfect. And, and you know that's perfect because the Jordan 4 is my favorite Jordan. Oh. So, um, so that's tough. That was, that was a good look by you today. Um, but yes, mm. so we met four years ago at Wingstop, um, watching a playoff game. So and that was that was like our thing. We would always go to Wingstop because uh, our teams never lose. They never lose when you go to Wingstop. No, they never lose. Yeah, sponsor us, Wingstop, because oh, it's true. Yeah. In that Louisiana <laughs> rub, mm, so that's good. that's that's a good stuff. Shout out Wingstop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. we run lace them up skills, um, basketball skills training. Um, we've been doing that since uh, 2010. Um, we work with players from kindergarten all the way through I've had NBA champions work with us. So um, that's what we do. So that's some yeah. of the sweets about me. That's, yeah. that's, I love basketball, so this is going to be fun. I love Michael Jordan, and that's, that's cool. No, and like seriously, Tanner's one of my best friends. Um, we've gone on great trips to Michigan, Vegas. Uh-huh. How about that Vegas trip? We went uh-huh. to a basketball conference. Do you remember? I did not miss it. Like, I missed like three shots. Remember that? Yeah, we I got, I got struck by ego right now. Oh, absolutely, Tanner. <laughs> Tanner, flex, flex on him. We we went to Vegas and played in a at a basketball conference with a bunch of other basketball trainers, and Tanner and I got um, on yeah, a we, team. We had a great team. We had a great team. Me, you, who else was on? DJ, DJ, yeah. DJ Sackman. Shout out DJ Sackman. Um, we're almost there. That that's his that's his chant in Vegas. But Tanner did not miss a shot. That I we was, played pickup, I and everybody thought Tanner was the Michael Jordan of that conference. He literally pick up basketball. He just did not miss. He was hitting turnaround jumpers. He was hitting deep threes. He was like stopping and popping on people, and like people were like, "Yo, this kid is the best shooter in the world." Like he has the surest shot of anyone. We we should just call him Sure Shot LeBaron. That's sure Shot happen, LeBaron. Right? Tough. <laughs> That's the nickname, baby. High school nickname. Yes. That was his high school nickname. So he showed up to Vegas, and it was Sure Shot LeBaron every time. And that was a blast. That was our first trip. That, that was, was our first trip. That was great. Um, and so so yeah so that was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, and raising kings. Um, so who who are some of the players that you worked with? Um, so a lot of local Utah guys, um, that have played in college here or played professionally out of here. Um, one, one of the guys that I work with the most probably is Justin Hamilton. He played at Lone Peak High School and then, um, went to Iowa State, um, and then transferred to LSU, Tanner's yeah. favorite school. Go Tigers. Um, 
and then he Go was Tigers. drafted into the NBA. So he was drafted by the Miami Heat um, in the second round. And then he's kind of been a journeyman. He's bounced around from different teams in the NBA to Europe, and now he's in China. Um, and so he's probably our biggest local client. Um, some of the clients that I've had an opportunity to work with, um, probably the biggest would be uh, Victor Oladipo. Um, Ooh. Big-time all-star, Jordan Brand yep. athlete. Yep. Um, sponsored by Jordan Brand. We have I have a pair of signature Air Jordan 33s that are Victor Oladipo's that he signed for me that um, are at the Skill Lab. Sure are. Um, but then some of the other guys, uh, Malcolm Brogdon we worked with this last summer. We worked with, um, I've worked with Mario Chalmers. He's a you know world champion uh, with Ooh. the Miami Heat and a national champion and a national champion. Um, oh yeah, the, the miracle shot. The so that's how I got to overtime. that's how I got to work with him. Is uh, Michael Lancaster and myself um, went and worked the Mario Chalmers miracle shot basketball camp. Wow! In at Kansas. Wow! Um, and then we worked with him. And then there's been a number of other guys, but those are some of my um, the, the you know Justin and Vic and are probably my two favorite athletes that I've worked with. Justin, just on the fact that he's here local, and we built a fun relationship with him. But uh, Malcolm Brogdon, like I said, um, who else has there been? We worked with the entire Indiana Pacers team. That was cool. Um, that was cool I worked with the that. Boston Celtics. I worked with Avery Bradley, um, Evan Turner when he was there. Uh, who else have we worked with? Um, oh, there's, there's lots of guys, but... Um, our, our NBA resume is getting better and getting bigger. We've had uh, guys reach out recently from the Jazz, a couple of the two-way players, um, Justin Wright Foreman from the Salt Lake Stars and the Utah Jazz um, this year, um, along with Jarrell Barrett, same thing, Utah Stars. Um, and then uh, Rajon Tucker, he's also on the Jazz this year. So they've been in um, and, and working this summer during this whole Corona COVID-19 um thing so just a lot of local guys brandon davies shout out brandon davies yeah. at, uh you know he played for the philadelphia 76ers um brooklyn nets and now he's made his way overseas to barcelona um and and people that follow soccer overseas they don't realize my favorite soccer team barcelona yeah, so like a lot of those guys don't realize barcelona also owns the basketball team so mm-hmm. um they're a big basketball team in the Dang. in the Euroleague. Like so, Real Madrid, Barcelona, those big teams over there also have basketball teams that um, that that guys go over there and they make a lot of money and they have really good competition over there. Um, so I've been lucky to to work with some of these players and travel the world doing this. So yeah. so it's- that's that's my passion. I love working and being around basketball and basketball players and. And just having a good time in the gym and and getting better, helping players get better. Yeah, no, and it's it's super fun just seeing the brand of Lace Them Up grow. Yeah, it's been it's been it's really awesome. fun. Yeah, and it's just fun being in the gym with you, man. You kidding? Oh, I appreciate let's it. Go. Yeah, let's go. We, uh, not a lot gets done when Tanner and I are in there. Yeah, a lot of laughs. A lot of laughs. Good stuff. I'd uh, like to train Kamiko. Yeah, no, Kamiko. What if Keeks came in for next time you're in Utah? Can you please come in and go through a training session with me? But you have to be wearing that outfit. Dude, I, okay, so story time re- real quick. I've played in one, like, tournament, not tournament, like, league game since 2013, 
and this is legit what I wore. <laughs> I wore, I wore <laughs> this Jordan jersey, um, these Jordan shorts, and my Jordan fours, and I got a steal, bricked the layup, one rebound, and took myself out halfway through the game. So, so you were that, 0 for that. 1. So pretty successful. 0 for 1, but you did get a rebound and a steal. So you're in the plus column. Okay, if, if that's how it works, then I, I ended up being like plus one. Um, I'm plus really one, great one. on the bench. Great trash talker. Um, I oh. just mainly just talk about the people's shoes. Someone always wears Asics on the other team, so I just clown them <laughs> you know, for wearing Asics. Okay, so, so what's funny about that is I go to Japan and do a camps in Japan every year. Asics is the number one shoe the kids are wearing. Besides Nike. Oh, they're, if you get some, like, lifestyle Asics, they're nice. Yeah, but, like, we'll go to the gym, and the kids in Japan, all of them, if they're not wearing Nike, they're wearing Asics. Wow. It's like... What about, like, what about Anta? Uh, no. Clay Thompson Isn't that, isn't that no, China? No, that's China. Oh, okay. That's China. Um, yeah. And those, those are probably trash anyways. But, no, Quinn Cook... Quinn Cook, we trained Quinn Cook, and Quinn Cook was on the Warriors last year. Yeah, he was. So we worked, we yeah. worked with him. He's really good friends with Oladipo, so he came into Miami and worked with Vic a little bit with us. Um, so there's your Warriors shout out. So we've had someone on the Warriors. I do, well. I do kind of miss Quinn Cook. I like you know him. he's a, he he's a solid bench guy, good come in backup guy, knows his role. Um, you know uh, he could be a better pl- like I don't want to say that he's a bad player. He's a good player, but I think he. He could flip the switch and actually be like a starting point guard in the NBA. Um, not on the Warriors because you have Steph Curry, um, but yeah, yeah. but you know. So, but I think he could he could make a breakthrough in the NBA if he continues to progress and put in the work that he put in last summer. Um, I haven't seen him this this year because of all the COVID stuff, but he put in real work with Victor Oladipo for months last summer. Um, and so he's going to be someone that's good. But uh, it just popped in my head that, you know, you being a Warriors fan, that we had somebody that played for the Warriors. Hey, yo. Let's go. Thanks, man. So He had some good moments. I remember he had some good moments in the playoffs. Yeah, he did. TC. He did, yeah. No, he's, he, he maybe, came Maybe in. would have not have blown a 3-1 lead if he was on the team then. Oh, man. I love that. Wow. I, I knew that it was, was coming. Wow. Yeah. I knew at some point. I'm glad we got out of the yeah. way now early, yeah. though. Yes. Um, so are you ready to get into the last Let's, dance time? Are we doing that or are yeah. we going Space Jam first? Oh. What it, what, I mean, I'm down for either. Let's let's go to last. Di- TC has it yeah, laid let's out. Go to last dance. He has it laid so out pretty. We okay. want to we want to kind of go in chronological order because the last dance was ten episodes, and basically two episodes aired each Sunday night, and I I kind of liked how the last dance did it. It would kind of go chronologically, but they would do a lot of reverse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so they, they had a lot of yeah, flashbacks. Yeah, nonlinear. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I liked it. Yeah. So. Um, first and foremost, we want to just do a quick recap about MJ. Everybody knows he's the GOAT. Duh. But anyway, six-time NBA champ, five-time NBA MVP. Uh, 1963, he was born on February 17th in Brooklyn, New York, then moved to North Carolina. Everybody knows that he was cut his sophomore year. I feel like that's... Awesome. It's like the classic... Don't give up. ...what your parents tell you to motivate you when you're a child. Yeah, so, so I have a... <clears throat> And yeah, I have some about that. He got cut from the varsity team. Yes. He still played junior varsity. But uh, as you watch this documentary, he finds an edge in everything, right? He's an ultimate competitor. He tries to find something to motivate him. So 
if you actually listen to what he says, he says, I got cut from the varsity team. Mm -hmm. So he still played junior varsity that year, but he used that as motivation for the next year to get better, that he didn't make the varsity, which is which is hard for those of us that played high school basketball. When you don't make varsity, it's a tough thing. Yeah. But the way the public in the world uses it is they make you think Michael Jordan didn't play basketball, like got cut period. from the team, period, like was not a part of the yeah. team. And so I think that's funny. I think it's funny that people um, that are like, Michael Jordan didn't make his, got cut as a sophomore, didn't make the team. And it's like, well, he actually did. Um, <laughs> like, he still played basketball that year. Yeah. Um, but great motivation. Like, as we found out in The Last Dance, this is what he did. He found little things. He found little things. What I found what was crazy is when they were playing the Sonics in the finals, George Carl didn't shake his hand. Didn't even give him the time of day, and he used that. Used that as just oh, when he was at the restaurant. At the restaurant, yeah, just eating. Just if there's one thing I learned from this documentary, and I don't think it's a good thing I learned, but it <laughs> is something I learned, is um, uh, hold grudges, and it'll make you a a more competitive, talented person. Yeah, absolutely. And like for example, the night- if there's one thing you take away from these ten ep- <laughs> ten episodes. Or you can even make up a grudge that nothing even happened. Okay, well, am I just invented in your head? Am I making this up in my head? One of the earlier episodes, he did make something up about another player. Yeah, about um, someone who played for the Wizards. Oh, and one of the and one of the he said said, like good game. Yeah, he made it up that this guy like didn't say good game to or like was like hey no he did say good game but he like kind of played it as if it was like sarcastic because the dude scored like thirty one points and then MJ the next day was a back to back. Yeah, but the guy never really said that to him or something. Like MJ, MJ even admitted it, right? He was like, (laughs) "Yeah, he never said that." He released that to the newspaper, and he's like, "Yeah, I just made that up." Yeah, just made it up. Like, like he even made things up. Yeah, like you said, Keeks. Even if you have to make them up in your head to be a better competitor, that's what MJ would do. Yeah, like his drive and his yeah. Okay. Yeah, Un- sorry, unreal. off topic. No, I love it. Like that's what we're gonna be I'm gonna make. I'm, a, I'm making something up in this podcast. Now that's that's why we have tea here. Everybody is Tanner is just a connoisseur, just an absolute what is it, historian of MJ. We love, love it. it. So uh, interesting enough, he actually averaged a triple double his senior year: twenty nine point wow. two points per game, eleven point six rebounds, and ten point one assists. Got a scholarship to. North Carolina, as we all know. Tar Heels, a, baby. Uh, yeah, you're. What, is that why you're a Tar Heels fan? Is because of MJ? Because um, you're a diehard. It's, it's, it's part of it. Okay. What, in 1995, the Tar Heels went to the Final Four in Seattle. My parents took my older brother and I to the Final Four. Um, to get tickets, my dad, who did not attend the University of North Carolina, paid. He, he gave money to the University of North Carolina Boosters Fund to get tickets. No way. Yeah, so he bought, like, he just was like, yeah, I'll be a booster, and that way I'll get access to tickets. And then we ended up staying in the same hotel as North Carolina. So it was like, in 1995, I'm 12 years old, and I'm surrounded by all these players from North Carolina, Rasheed Wallace, Dante Calabria, um, Vince Carter was a freshman, um, Jerry Dang. Stackhouse, Dang. Ed Coda. Um, and so, like, I run into them as a 12-year-old kid in... Like I just go onto the elevator and they're like there they all are. Um, so I left that final four a Tar Heels fan. Did, um, did Rashid Wallace look at you and say, "Ball don't lie"? It, no, he. <laughs> That's my favorite saying. <laughs> <laughs> I yell that in games too. Ball That's another lie. thing I contribute on the sideline. They miss it. Ball, ball don't, don't lie. Every ball time don't I'll lie. yell. Uh, especially like if like you call a foul, 
and somebody like calls it a weak foul and then you step up and make a free throw, you're like, Paul, don't lie. Or if they miss that shot, uh-huh. like it's like, yeah, that Paul, don't lie. That, that was both ways. That was a weak foul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, mm. I we stayed at their same hotel. I got to meet these guys. I got some of their autographs. As a 12-year-old kid, I went back to Montana and just became a diehard North Carolina fan because I was, for one whole weekend, I was just engrossed in North Carolina basketball. Um, and then start to find out, oh, that's Jordan played here. Um, I think my dad actually, while we were at the Final Four, there was a North Carolina Jordan jersey, like a, a vendor, like a like Mitchell and Ness one. And I was like, Vintage. Dad, can I get that? And he was like, yeah, for sure. Like, go get in line. Um, and we get in line and we're waiting. We get up and the guy's like, that's $500. And my, da- <laughs> and my dad was like, Nope. Uh, how about that mini basketball for twelve ninety nine right there? <laughs> so, how about you let me spin the wheel and win like a keychain yeah. so, or a magnet? So I just became that's how I became a Tar Heels fan, and then it even escalated as I found out like more and more about Michael Jordan at twelve years old. Is when you, you know I really started paying attention to like sports. Like younger than that, like you'd go to games and stuff, but you were more about like, where are my friends? I want to run around under the bleachers and like play dodgeball or tag or or whatever. I just want to do that. But at twelve years old you start like watching the games and understanding and so that was that's where North Carolina started. And I still remember watching North Carolina versus Gonzaga. That was peak happiness. Oh it's a great man, you were hyped. 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 Yes. Such a pretty good championship game. Yes. Was that what, two thousand seventeen? Yeah, and then we and then that next summer we had um, Marcus Page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He came and trained from yeah. North Carolina. The Jazz drafted him. Then he came and trained a couple times. So sweet. So um, yeah. So MJ went to uh, North Carolina three years. Then was selected 1984 uh, by the Chicago Bulls, third overall. Hakeem Olajuwon went first. Then Sam Bowie went to the Portland Trailblazers. Do we even know Sam Bowie? Yeah, he was good out. Was of, he? he was good out of college. He, but like, how um, was his NBA career? Because I don't know much about that. Um, you know, I'd have to look it up. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But, but that's um, crazy. The Trailblazers missed out on MJ. Yeah, but they already had Clyde the Glide. That's true. Like you, you had Clyde Drexel, and it, like he's he's proving to be you know one of the top superstars in the NBA at that time. Even though everybody talks Larry and Magic at that time, but like. Clyde was nice. Clyde Drexel was right below them, like as far as like he was a big time player in Portland and on the West Coast. Yeah, um, horrible hairline, but yes, great player. Well, that's the glide, great right? Player. You can glide. <laughs> that's that's true. That's a good point. They actually even make a point to say in the documentary the the reason why Portland drafted San Bowie was because the league was such like they valued height and size over Still you know, do. MJ, who was relatively small, like being six foot six. MJ was. They interviewed a bunch of. MJ mm-hmm. was skinny. Like, he was... He yeah, was and lanky. it's like a smaller dude. They, uh, one interview that sticks out in episode one is Mark Eaton from the Jazz. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, the all, all-time all player Mark Eaton. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't know if he'll be able to do well in this league just because it, it's a tall man's game. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, very cold take from Mark Eaton yeah. back in uh, yeah. 84, 85. But, uh, yeah, so MJ averaged 28.2 points per game his rookie year and actually... He signed with Nike that rookie year, correct? Yeah. And so shed some light on that because that is big time. Because in the documentary, it states that he wanted Adidas. So, yeah. so He North, initially wanted Adidas. <clears throat> so if you read his book, Driven From Within, he goes over this even more in depth. Um, but literally, he 
he wanted to sign with Adidas or Converse. Um, he, they were Converse at North Carolina. Um, MJ and or not MJ, Magic and Larry both had the Converse weapons, mm-hmm. but they weren't making them as like a signature shoe. They were making them like like you can get sick um, Converse weapons that are like Lakers colors, and that's what Magic wore. And then you could get the green and black yeah. ones that were Celtics colors. Mm-hmm. And they're fire. Like that's a great shoe. But he also had those at North Carolina. Like they were a Converse shoe. Um, or that's Converse had the North Carolina contract at that time. So he wanted to sign with Adidas because Adidas had the next biggest shoe like stuff. So he and thought Adidas he, couldn't make an, a basketball shoe, correct? Yeah, they couldn't. So so it's actually he kind of touches on it, but in the book, in the documentary, he touches on it a little bit. In the book, Driven from Within, he talks about how like he wasn't going to go. He was moping, and his mom literally called him and was like, "You're getting on the plane. You made a commitment to these guys. We don't care if you don't sign them." But they've put like they've put in all this time and effort for you to come out, so you're at least going to go sit there and be respectful. So that's the only reason he got on that plane, went to Portland. In the book, he talks about it a little bit more. Um, you had Phil Knight, you had um, Tacker, Tinker Hatfield, mm-hmm. who is the designer of the Jordan One, and basically every Nike that is ever fire. Um, and then you had, um, I believe, um, Gentry Humphrey was in there too. Gentry Humphrey was the, he's he's a Nike guy that was in charge of Jordan stuff for a long time. Um, was Sonny Vaccaro there? Um, Sonny Vaccaro wasn't there yet. Um, he came, he comes in later and, and, and does some things with Nike. Gotcha. But, but Jordan, um, they, in the book, it describes that Nike thought they blew it because he sat there in like a conference room at Nike headquarters, which isn't like the Nike World headquarters that we all think of today, but in like a conference room, in like moped, looked like he was moping the whole day. So they kind of thought he they blew it, and then they brought out the Jordan One, and he was just blown away. Um, and it changed the oh, they already had a prototype. Made yeah, they for had him. a prototype for him at that meeting. So like, oh, I'm sold if I'm MJ. That's a selling point. Adidas could bring out. I, I don't know. I don't know. what. There's nothing I don't think Adidas can yeah. bring out that would top so Jordan So in one. the book, he just is like, I, they thought they blew it, but like I left there going like, oh my goodness, I have the greatest sneaker ever made. Yeah. Um, That's and, iconic now. And it, it's iconic. I mean, they were banned. Um, he was Well, they weren't banned. They were. He was fined for wearing them because in the NBA, you had to have certain colors. You had to have pride, primarily white on your shoe, and a lot. it had a lot of black on it. So, um, so Nike paid the fine, um, but the contract in the book, I'd have to go back and see, look at the exact numbers, but basically it was set up to where it was a, it was a win-win for Nike. They were going to give him like the least amount of money possible to sign with them, Mm -hmm. but it was all based on like shoe sales. So like if... Like his contract is based on like if if it sold ten pairs of shoes they'd pay him this if it sold a hundred pairs of shoes they'd sell they'd pay him this um, and basically like they they thought that like it was a win win for them it wasn't a huge high risk for them because it was all based on the number of shoe sales well it goes out and sells like in, in the documentary I can't remember the exact numbers but it goes out and sells blew up blew up like the most shoe sales of any shoe at that time so. Um, Win for Michael Jordan because he got paid on the off the shoe sales, and then a win for Nike because they found their guy. They found that you know it changed the course of Nike. I mean, it literally did. Like without Michael Jordan, does Nike evolve the way it did? It still exists, but does it evolve the way it did? Yeah, 
Probably not. Probably not. I mean, all right. And I got seg- I got a segue now. How many sneakers do you have? You're a sneakerhead. Um, I do like shoes. Um, I I don't know. <laughs> uh, Two hundred to be safe, <laughs> or more. Oh wow! Two hundred or more. Because be I just safe. got these Air Maxes, and I was super hyped about them. And T's like, yeah, I got him already. I won up. I, I won up to him. <laughs> yeah, he I, he's like, I felt bad afterwards. I was like, wow, I'm the biggest one upper there is right now. But it's okay. So, it was worth it. So, I was hoping you had him. I'm so, just not surprised. I do want to. I do want to say. I do want to add this. They were there was recently a sneaker auction, and the highest the highest selling point for a sneaker before was the Nike Air Mag, which is the auto lacing sneaker from Back to the Future. Yes. That um, Ooh. you know, my, uh, Michael J. Fox. Why can't I think of his name? Michael J. Yeah. Fox's character wears Marty yep. McFly. Okay. A pair of Game One Air Jordan ones. These look like the Chicago ones, which is a primary, primarily white and red sneaker with a black check, mm-hmm. Snacky check on the side. Just sold for five hundred and sixty thousand dollars, which is bonkers, beating the record, Shat- almost shattering it. That's crazy. Checks over checks because that's for me. I mean, the Air Jordan One I think is the best sneaker of all time. It's closely followed behind the Air Jordan. It's 3. iconic for sure, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it changed yep. the course of the sneaker game because it, it showed that you could have a lifestyle looking shoe that you could wear and be a basketball shoe, and and, yep. and have have like actual technology in it to be a basketball shoe and 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 provide on the court as well as like. I mean, people wear them in their way, wear them in their weddings. And yeah, T, if you ever get married, um, you should wear some Jordans. Oh, the ones are Uh, always selling at like an outrageous price. Unpopular opinion. So maybe go for like a two. I like the Air Jordan 11s, the Concords. Oh, yeah, the the patent leather when those those came out. Those are my faves. Okay, so I was a freshman in high school when the patent leathers came out. And let me tell you, I went through those. The Columbia colored ones, they weren't Carolina colored nice. ones. They were Columbia colored, white on white patent leather with a little bit of Columbia blue. With like the blue, it was just on, it the, was Jordan. on the Jordan. On the Air Jordan. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Me and. <laughs> Icy blue soul, yes, too, right? Yes. Me and another kid in Missoula, Montana, his name's Eddie Stack. He was a baller. We were the only ones that had him in the whole city, and we were just balling at him. <laughs> yeah. Just and, out- and you're just shooting. When you oh. get new shoes, let it fly. Oh, okay. So let's talk about new shoe effect, right? When you get a new pair of icy Jordans like that, when they're just cold out the box, you think you are Michael Jordan. You are going to go jump higher, run faster, dunk harder, make better shots, better fadeaways. No one can stop you. Oh yeah. So that's that's the shoe new shoe effect. Yeah. Like I, it's a Jordan, Jordan effect. effect. New shoe effect. Any shoe. Yeah. yeah. Be it doesn't like matter. Mike. Be like Mike. Yeah. Just Gatorade. Be like Mike. Um, I'm. Oh. Mars Blackman. It's got to be the oh, shoe. So I have that poster still. So oh. it's it's. All-time Nike commercial. Oh, so it's good. huge. It's huge. Okay. Um, so what I thought was interesting about the documentary, and I'm glad they touched on this because I had no idea, was his second season. He missed 64 games, and he had a minute restriction. That was that was the second episode, right, when they talked about that? Yeah, second, yeah. probably second episode. Or, yeah, I think it was the first or second episode. So that was crazy. Uh, but not to mention, while he's on these minute restrictions, he decided, well, I'll go up to North Carolina, finish my degree, because he went to the NBA draft in his junior year. So he still had one year left. Well, okay, might as well go up and finish. While he's up there at UNC, he's playing all these pickup games behind the Chicago Bulls administration's backs. So he gets back, and they're, if I remember right from the documentary, they're like, oh, like, haven't really skipped a beat and he kind of lets it loose oh yeah i've been playing this whole time with you know having a broken foot rehab 
just the drive, baby. He started yeah, like getting little hooping. practices in back with he, the UNC's team. He couldn't stay away from the game. I mean, they were they were seriously on. Yeah, and they're seriously like right when it hit fourteen minutes, timeout. He's out. Yeah, that was crazy. The time restriction. Yeah. Yeah. So so I don't remember the time restriction. I mean, I'm too young. I don't remember those games, but I watched yeah. Michael Jordan come fly with me, 1990. It's one of the the highlight tapes. I watched that on VHS at least a thousand times. So when I was in middle school, I'd watch it before every middle school game. Jeez. And it just put me in the mood. Um, but it has some of that um, footage of him when he broke his foot at North Carolina, like training in the pool. He's in a full Nike, like Air Jordan outfit with Jordan threes on in the pool doing like high knees in that, in that. And like, I just remember I was like, that is so cool that he's in the pool with shoes on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if that's not a, that's that a is, power move right there. Hopefully not with socks. Wet oh, socks. Oh, no, it's socks. Like, you know how his shoes? socks were oh. in the beginning of his career? Like, those thick, rolled over th- socks. Like, okay, let's touch on Michael Jordan's swag here for a second. When they have all these flashbacks in the beginning of the episodes one, two, three, well, all the flashbacks, he, his outfits, were some of the swaggiest outfits ever. Just the clean, yeah. Just clean. And then? And then, <laughs> today, he might be the worst-dressed human being. Him and Tim Duncan go oh. head-to-head for worst-dressed. Oh, just the least amount of drip <laughs> possible. <laughs> Jordan. Just a Jordan desert, just a flat-out desert. huge, oversized jeans with, like, rhinestones on still. Like... And then like an oversized shirt, but some of those suits that like him oh. and Scottie Pippen oh, would roll in the finals in the playoffs. Yeah, Ooh, those were clean. They were oversized, but for the time, those were just straight yeah. swag. But like, how does he go from being one of the like best dressed and like lifestyle individual street culture influencers to just not relevant now? <laughs> like, how does that happen? The Wizards. Great answer. Great answer. That is the Bobcats. That is <laughs> that's the Bobcats sealed uh, it. Corey for him. Brown and Adam Morrison. Okay. By the way. Oh. Which, I, by okay. Little tidbit. Adam Morrison, college player of the year. Oh, he was nice. Drafted Mustache. by the Charlotte Bobcats, right? MJ. Yeah. He was my mm-hmm. AAU teammate in high school. Adam Morrison. Yeah. I wow! Didn't even know that. Yeah, Adam and Adam and I. What is AAU? People always talk about. It. I don't know what it's it is. Amateur athletic. Am, amateur union. athletic union, which is just like, it's a governing body of youth sports. Basically, it's the oh. it's the NCAA okay. of youth sports. Basically, yeah. so like so I, it's like travel basketball for club teams, but like they're governed by a corrupt company like the NCAA. Yeah. Oh, can you say that on here? Oh, cool. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Everything's loose. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And noted. Yeah. Anti NCAA pod. Yes. <laughs> no, I'd, I that's put it that's on where record. I'd go, like with a lot of tournaments growing up, Vegas, California. Louisville, Kentucky, there. Just a lot of yeah. So, so they they're just the governing body. Like they, they, I mean, they host the tournaments and stuff like that. So, so that and you have to pay to go to the tournaments, and you'll get like a a pin, a shirt. That's at least how soccer was. You traveled all these tournaments. You pay like eight hundred dollars, and then they'd give you a pin. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I bet I bet I send you a lace them up pin after this. (laughs) I'll 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 shoot you that after. I got I gotta say. My, I would say my favorite segment 
from the whole last dance that I've re- replayed this song numerous times. I'm bad, LL Cool J, game two, 63 points. Yeah, that that, that might be the best highlight and and song, song put I, together. I remember I the night I was watching, I was like, "Who sings this song?" And the next yeah. day, I see you like, "How sweet was LL Cool J?" I'm bad. I was like, yeah. "That was the song." <laughs> I have yeah. been listening to that song like every day. So this, I'm really hoping they put the soundtrack out to this. If somebody hasn't created like an Apple no, iMusic or a Spotify, yeah. it the soundtrack to the Last Dance, all ten episodes was was as good of soundtrack to any series or movie that there's been. I'm sorry, I'm saying it. Like the soundtrack is fire because it was it was songs from the era and it just kept getting like no matter if they were in a flashback or if they were current in like the 97 98 team, it was current music to that time and all this all the songs were fire. Yeah. Oh. I know that they played a song by Prince. Was it Let's yes. Party? Is that off the song of the they played? Batman Dude, soundtrack. I love Prince and I- off of the Batman soundtrack. Mm. The original Batman. Shh. Oh, that's it's right. Pr- I was trying to think. I was. I just watched Batman like three Michael weeks Keaton. ago. Okay, I mean, is there a better? That, is there a better Batman? He, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton's good though. I, I, I like Michael. All right, Keaton. can we just rank right, the Batman? Can we rank the Batman's from best to worst real quick? Oh, absolutely. Cri- Dark Christian Knight. Bell, right? Christian Bell. Oh, cool. oh yeah, okay. Oh, from best. Best to worst. Okay. Best or worst? Because your Tanner is also a huge Batman fan. This is your favorite. Yeah, I, lo- I love Batman. I still think Iron Man beats Batman. In a fight? Yeah. Okay, I I gotta throw one in there. I do know that. Okay, I like Christian Bale's good. Kevin Conroy, voice actor of Batman and Batman the Animated Series. Okay, so I haven't watched that, so I don't know. Um, I, oh, I okay. um okay. So let's just talk the 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 live action movie the, guys. So Got it. I think Christian Bale did the best job. Okay, I like Ben Affleck's a lot. I don't know why, because his movies are horrible. But well, okay, yeah, okay. okay. So, so like what you like? So I like him, yeah, like and then like. Michael Keaton. Then mm-hmm. I'd go Ben Affleck. George Clooney. Where's then name? George Clooney. No, no, no. Val Kilmer. Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer, then, Val George Kilmer then George Clooney. <laughs> Yeah, George. Where I think I, I mine's basically right there with George. <laughs> so, who, who had the nipples? George Clooney, George very Clooney? bottom. Uh, yeah, George Clooney and uh, Val Kilmer did too. The the nipple indents. Yeah. Terrible. Well, well, I mean, it wasn't bad because uh, what's her name from Clueless? She was she was Batgirl. Yeah. Um, Dottie also agrees. Uh, George Clooney, <laughs> worst worst Batman. <laughs> Agreeable. Okay. So so yeah, but. That Let's Party Prince song was from the Michael Keaton Batman, the first one, not not Batman Returns, but just Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that album was done all by Prince. Um, so that soundtrack is fire. Oh. Yeah, that 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 sequence, I'm bad. That was so. Sweet. Oh, that was in '63 in the Garden. Even though they got that's still the record, right? 63 in, points in a playoff yeah. game. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they got swept, but still, I mean, he was making statements. And then his third year, MJ's third year, averaged 37.1 points per game, highest points per game just in his whole career in just his third season. Um, now, we're, now we're getting so to the good crazy. bulk of just the Bulls, which I found was interesting was Doug Collins was the head coach, and MJ loved Doug Collins because Doug Collins just kind of let MJ do his own thing. And I like that Doug Collins was like, yeah, Bill Jackson's going to be the coach. And they, they could have kept Doug. Yeah. Um, no, it, 
Doug Collins did a good job with him and let him like I mean what a what an eye for talent that he had in saying like okay we got a guy on our team we suck and we got a guy on our team that is the (laughs) best player in the NBA and I got to just turn it over to him um so kudos to him and I loved that story of like I think he told the story of like his first game he was sweating and MJ came over like during a timeout at the end of the game was like don't worry coach I'm not gonna let you lose your first game oh yeah like and and so he just knew from then on like give Michael the ball and everybody else get out of the way like we'll we'll be good Mm -hmm. so yeah crazy um so yeah and then uh where we at here so the next year, his fourth year, that was his first MVP, averaged 35 points per game. Um, they lost the Pistons. He also got Defensive yeah, Player of the Year, sure too. Did. Correct. Yeah, and just his fourth year, blowing up. Both of them in the same year. That I, that just seems – like nowadays, I don't feel like that would ever happen. Yeah. It probably should have happened with LeBron. Yeah. At, At least, least once. once. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the next year, 1989, the shot. Do you remember watching that live? Over Craig Elo? No, I don't the remember country. watching it live. I remember watching it, like I said, that that highlight tape, um, Michael Jordan, Come Fly With Me. That's a good 15 minutes of that in 1990. Um, so the shot, like, just over and over and over. I've watched that so many times off of that highlight. I don't remember watching it live, um, but that highlight I watched uh, a thousand times when man, I was growing double up. double clutch. Um, what, I, what I love about that, um, story is Ron ha- Harper, who eventually becomes yeah. his teammate. Yeah, MJ even says in the documentary, he's like, "Yeah, Ron Harper was guarding me the best during that series." And the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers put Craig Elo, yeah. MJ for that last shot when it should have been Ron Harper. And even Ron Harper was like, in "And Ron Harper was pissed yeah. too." So what's funny about that is, oh, he was pissed, um, which he should be. Um, you're a competitor. You're competing. You're, um, but what's funny about the whole ELO, they didn't touch on it, but if you look at Jordan's career over the Cleveland Cavaliers, like every shot that he made is on Craig ELO. Like Craig <laughs> ELO took it so hard from Jordan every single game. Every single game. And Craig ELO had a good career. He was a good player in the NBA, but he will only be remembered for the domination of Jordan. Or Jordan and the shot. Um, okay, another side note. I had to guard Craig Elo in the Spokane Hoop Fest three on three. Oh, what? When I was like in like, I think I was coming out of my junior year of high school. We went over to Spokane, Washington. They have this huge, it's the biggest three on three tournament in the, in the world, I think. Um, and Craig Elo coaches a high school team in Washington somewhere. So he had a group of guys playing in it, and we played in the open division as juniors in high school, thinking that we could go play against, like, these old men, and, like, we're like, yeah, we're young, we're good, there's no way they can guard us. I don't think we came within, like, two points. Like, we just got dominated. I had to guard Craig Elo. And he Did Craig Elo Craig Elo you? (laughs) I I just tried to just out-jump him and double-clutch shots the whole game. That's all I wanted to do. So, uh, but what, got, at least you got to test it out. You're down by 35. Yeah. Just trying to. Here's double. the greatest thing: his high school team that he coached was all Jordan brand gear. 
Like that, that's, that's I was, pretty rad. I was like, that's what? Cool. What awesomeness! Like Jordan just still dominates him, <laughs> <laughs> even after his career. Even on the shoes, I bet he sends him a package every month of just new Jordan just stuff. Like every on the anniversary of the shot, I bet like this, just a cigar and a, oh, a, a, I hope and a pair of baggy <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Show up, cigar Just in the some back sweet left Nike pocket, monarchs, <laughs> <laughs> and some Team Jordans. Not even some retros. Just a pair of Team Jordans you can buy yes, at Ross. Man, that's unreal. Yes. Oh. Um, so yeah, that shot was epic. Like that was. I think that was honestly, besides the sixty-three points, like that was another defining, just clutch moment for MJ. Well, I think that probably put him on the map as like. Here he comes. Here he comes. Like, watch out. He's watch out, really world. I'm, yeah. I'm more athletic, and I'm better than everyone else yeah. in this league. So, and then the next year, uh, after the Craig Elo shot, they have Phil Jackson in the 1989-90 season, because that shot happened in 1989. Uh, they fired Doug Collins in a great year, and they lose in seven games just to the Pistons, the bad boys. And they finally get over it. So, they, they talked about the Jordan rule as well. Um, do you want to... Elaborate a little bit more on the Jordan rule. Well, the Jordan rules was just a set of defensive rules that the Pistons came up with, that they were going to force um, the ball out of Jordan's hands, and then if he had it, they were going to force him middle to where they could collapse on him, I think, is pretty much the rules. just kind of bang him up. And then then just punch him as hard as they could as soon as he left his feet. Um, And, um, I mean, it's deeper than that, um, but that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. Just like make him earn every single thing, um, which it worked. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when MJ after, you know, losing started actually weightlifting and training for the basketball. Yeah. Um, because he knew he wasn't strong enough or whatever. Um, so, um, the Jordan rules are just, um, you know, just a way to that they, the Detroit Pistons, would try to actually beat the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. And I, so I, I want to add something to this because the bad boy, the bad boy Pistons, or like you know the Isaiah Thomas kind of no, doesn't seem like anyone obviously got along with them. I was watching a documentary. Now, Tara, I don't know if you've seen this. I know TC hasn't seen it. Hoop Dreams. Have you seen oh, yeah. Hoop Dreams? Come on, Arthur Ashe. Or not Arthur, Arthur oh, Agee. No, Arthur Agee and, and William, William Gates. Gates. Yeah. What was so crazy to me is these two kids loved Zeke. Isaiah Thomas Zeke. because <laughs> I, I grew up, I, I mean, you know, watching this, you're like, oh, wow, like everyone in Chicago must have loved Michael Jordan. But you see these two inner city kids, Hoop Dreams is a, is a documentary that's three hours long, three and a half hours long, that follows two inner city kids from Chicago working their way up who were supposed to be like basketball prodigies. And Isaiah Thomas went, or he was from inner city Chicago. He went to St. Joseph's. Joe's? Yeah, St. Joseph's. St. Joseph's um, Catholic private school, which was, which one of the kids, William Gates from Hoop Dreams attends. Arthur A.G. later drops out and plays for an inner city public school basketball team. But to see these kids and all the respect that they had for an inner city Chicago guy like Isaiah Thomas kind of helped me realize, like, okay, like, Isaiah Thomas came from a hard background. So I'm sure he took some of that with him to the Bad Boys Pistons. I can only assume or imagine, but Hoop Dreams, I'll bring it up one more time later in the the show, but 
absolutely phenomenal documentary. Probably the best ones I've ever oh. seen. Yeah, it's I a. I watched watch that a ton growing up. Where, where did you watch it on? It's on HBO okay. Now streaming. Oh, if it? You, any of you guys Perfect. have it, go watch. It's dude. It's so good. How about is it? I is couldn't it, believe is it how Arthur good it was. Agee's dad that just is like all over the streets, like just yeah, uh, just popping up, but getting buckets on the streets, like that's where oh. it starts. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what's so cool about that documentary about Hoop Dreams is it's not only like it's like literally taking like two playground prodigies and trying to place them into like a public and ca- private school Catholic school system to see if they can actually take the street knowledge of basketball and put it into the organized um, part of basketball. Um, it, that is, There's so much, there's so many layers to this movie. It's, it's, it's so much about like culture yeah. and so much about like the exploitation of like these young men in the, in the basketball mm-hmm. system. I mean, they saw potential in William Gates. Okay, we'll pay for all of your stuff that you yeah. need. Arthur AJ, the second he starts lacking a little bit, Okay, uh, you owe us thousands of dollars. We're kicking you out, and um, yeah. good luck. Wow. Crazy. And it was so crazy to see that. Actually, Roger Ebert, in 1999, when they did, or 2000, when they did Best Movies of the Year, he voted that as his number one movie of the 90s. Wow. Hoop Dreams. Wow. wow. Good time. Okay, well, now that... I, I'm not kidding. HBO Now, go watch it. HBO Max, of a, as of well, this Friday. I hope they Now that The Last it. Dance is over, I gotta... Now I have a void to fill, so we're good. Perfect. Oh, um, Perfect. Okay, well, back on to The Last Dance. That's great. Um, we have, in 1990 to 93 is when the three-peat started. They beat the Lakers in five games for the first title, beat Portland in six games for the second title, then beat Phoenix in six games for the third title. So there it is, the first And at this point, yeah, MJ, MJ talks about how you know, there was Bird and there was Magic, how, like, they were winning championships and they were in this league of their own. And MJ, to that point, was losing in the in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. And he knew, I've, I've got to reach that that peak. I've got to reach that, you know, Magic, Larry Bird conversation. And how fitting doing that beating Magic Johnson in five games to win his first title. Yes, and that's when he had the shot where he went up and switched hands. But... He, he's talked about it a little bit about how he saw someone coming from the backside. And I can't remember who it is that comes from the backside, but they don't actually come all the way. They just get like halfway there to the defensive spot. Can you imagine if he would have kept it in his right hand and just dunked it? Damned it. it. Oh. It would have been one of the biggest dunks of all time. Instead, it's one of the best plays of all time. But if, if he keeps it in his right hand, it might be the biggest dunk of all time. Like, on somebody in a game. Like, other than Vince Carter yeah. jumping over, like, the seven-foot slow white guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Olympics. One of the greatest songs ever. Um, watching this documentary, because, like, obviously, you know, training players for basketball. Yes. I, I honestly just amazed at the footwork that MJ had, his athleticism, and not only that, but his body control. His body control. His so, body control is insane. And, like, it was just leagues better than all the other players he's playing against. So, and, and a lot of that has to do with how we train now. So we, like, how we go back and actually train players is, I've gone back and other people that I've worked with, we go study their footwork patterns. So who better to study than Michael Jordan, their body control and what positions they're in. If we took a snapshot or we took a picture, what would their body look like? And so how can we train for that? So he is, like, 
the perfect picture of yeah. that, right? So we use him a lot. So there's a reason, like, in training that a lot of the footwork that you see in this documentary is a lot of the footwork that we do because we're modeling it after him. And we know from Kobe that if you just imitate exactly what Jordan did, you're going to be successful. Yeah. Yep. Carbon copy. Carbon copy. Yeah. There's some there's some differences, but... Essentially. It's, it's, essentially. Yeah. Like, essentially... Kobe went through and just studied Michael and just tried to do it better. Yeah. Um, but like literally, I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched those YouTubes where it like they have shows MJ and then shows side Kobe side. doing the side by side. Kobe and Kobe even said he studied it and he worked on it and he went and did it. So that's so imitation um, is big part of what we do. So greatest form of flattery as well. I think the I think the best time right now is to bring up the dream team. Ooh, ninety two Olympics. Ooh, yeah. So real quickly. Was that the shattered backboard game? No, there was like that an was in eighty nine. Okay, that was that, before. or eighty eighty four, eighty three, eighty four Olympics when he was. It was before, so he was Michael Jordan was on the Olympic team when it was still amateurs in eighty four, and that's when he. It was like a it was like a exhibition game in Italy. Yes, yes, in shattered. I gotta look that up because yeah, that's so. That, I, I believe it was eighty four. 84 Olympics. Okay, it was a different time. Yeah. So, but Dream Team refuses to show any Reebok signs. Yep. Yep. Drape that the was flag my biggest. Over. That was Drape my big. That was my biggest takeaway. They that he is just uh, he is loyal to the end. Like yes. he he went he went and chose Nike, and he wasn't going to do anything else. Because I you see another. Huge like theme from the from the documentary is yeah. loyalty, yes. and, and you see you see that today had. even with NBA players that will even like cover up things. Did MJ kind of start that with that? Um, I don't know if he started it, but he just he just showed he was bigger than everybody else. Yeah, by doing that, like like I'm Michael Jordan, and that's the dream team, um, and covered it with the American. So flag so how do you too. how do you fault him for that? Like country pride, yeah, that's perfect. Like, that's smart. Like, oh no, the guy is. Perfect as far as like his his strategy of how he's going to plan that out. Like, yeah, like I don't know who's in his circle telling him like, hey, American flag, or if it's just him, like, or if it was just an accident. He never said it was like on purpose. Other people suggested that it was on purpose, but and I'm sure it was 100. percent But he never sa- he never says like, oh yeah, I come. He does. Con- he kind of confirms he, it yeah, in the documentary it, a little bit, right? He doesn't. He he doesn't like. Really deny it. Either. Deny it. Yeah. Um, so in that yeah. book that um, driven from within, he has a um, he has a he talks about like how loyal he is to Nike. He had a friend come visit, and that friend walked in in Adidas, and he took the guy's Adidas shoes and cut them up with a kitchen knife, and then gave him like boxes of Nikes, and was like, "We don't wear Adidas at this house." And, okay, I gotta ask you a question. I don't know if you're picky like I am. What do you think about so you go to the gym, you see someone working out, they've got a pair of Nikes Adidas on Adidas socks. Oh, Cardinal. And then a pair of Adidas socks. Cardinal. Brand clashing. Can't do it. Adidas with Nike. Blah Can't blah do blah. It. So first of no. all, I don't own a pair of Adidas. Not one. Okay. I've got a few. I've got a few. I have it's just me. I, I have a problem with yeah. it. Yeah. I know. You um, you called me so, yeah. for having Adidas one time. Yeah. Don't come into my gym wearing Adidas. Um <laughs> I'm going to work out in all of my Yeezy gear. So if you do it in the Nike Yeezys, 
which are way better than the Adidas Yeezy. That's a grail for it's me. It's a grail. A grail and the shoe I covet most. Okay, so I believe, I, I have too. no doubt in my mind that like the Adidas boosts and all that are comfortable, but uh, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Um, no, but yes, no, you can't me. clash brands. Like I'm even crazy enough to wear like, I don't wear Jordan brand with Nike. Oh. Unless the Jordans have a Nike swoosh. Because some Jordans don't have a Nike swoosh. Keeks is checking himself <laughs> right now. I, I, I Brand am. clashing. Right. Oh, no. I'm not that picket. See, I'm not that picky. I, I, I'm even same. a little more picky on even like if there's a Duke fan wearing Jordan gear. Oh, gross. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I like... I could be with you on that. I can be on board like, with are that. You, are, you, are you sure that you're a Duke fan? Because oh. that's like that's, your nemesis. I didn't, I didn't know Jordan sponsored yeah, Duke. Like, oh, is that, it's is a that Nike new school? within the last sure, three months? Great, but like, literally, yeah. the poster child for North Carolina, you're going to wear his stuff. I don't get that as a fan. That's a competitor in me. Like, I, wouldn't, I couldn't do it as a Duke fan. I'm also with you. So, specific street brands collaborate with. Sp- with Adidas, like Palace, yeah. for example, is a skateboarding company, collaborates with Adidas. Yeah. So when I wear my Palace shirts, I always yeah, wear Adidas. Yeah. Agreed. Supreme almost always collaborates with Nike. with Nike. Always wear Nikes with my Supreme. I, you're on board. You, you, it's you are preference. winning. I'm right there. You're with you, winning the day. Yes. It's very hard. Oh. Not very hard, but it's like I just, you know, but you, you, I can't get past it. I, you, you got to keep it matched. Especially when you see like Nike shoes, Adidas socks, and an Under Armour shirt. Oh yeah, that one with, always with with some Russell athletic shorts. Oh, stop that! Stop. That. <laughs> that is that Russell is like athletic shorts. That, that is that is Provo Vasa to a oh. to a T. Is it ever? That's also Arkansas <laughs> out here. Yeah. Throw, throw in a That's just culture here, mix. though. That's just culture. Yes. Um, all right. All right. So yeah, three P, and obviously after that, I did like how it touched on. Um, James R. Jordan, MJ's father, mm-hmm. passing away. That was really tragic. So I do remember all. I of didn't that. know that. that so crazy. I know all that. Like I, mean, I, I remember restaurant rest stop. Yeah, I remember all those sports centers. Like, like them starting with sports center. Like, hey, tonight, you know, last night we started our episode with the disappearance of Michael Jordan's father, um, and tonight we bring you, you know, that he was murdered. Um, so I remember, like, I remember that live and being like, so "What? Dang!" As a little kid, you don't think bad things happen, right? Like, and so yeah. that was that was weird to watch. It's, but it's crazy to think that people were also pinning this on Jordan and his gambling in the documentary. How yeah, that's just. On I mean, that's, pe- that's sad. That's always been a. I think I've heard that rumor. Yeah, a bunch. it's you know they tried to pin a lot of that. My favorite thing they tried to pin on Michael Jordan was that like the league. The whole gambling thing, like that, that like Dave Stern, David Stern gave him like a one year suspension for his gambling debts. Yeah. Um, like that's it, we're gonna take the best player in our league that's making more money than anyone else in the league and make him sit out a year, and took our and yeah. took the NBA from the United States to a global sure. brand. And we're I, gonna make him just chill. For and a you. part of me did believe that theory for a little while that gambling. And yeah. concern, but then again, it just was like, there's no way. There's no way that you would take out your best player no. like that and do no. that. No, that's like, that's, that's So what were crazy. your thoughts on the retirement when he retired? 
I mean, being at that age, because I was, we were, Keeks, Kamiko and I were like one year, one year old, you know? Yeah, so. Super young. I mean, it, it was crazy that he, that he retired. Like, people were like, what? And then the whole baseball thing started. Like, and I had a Chicago White Sox hat because of it. Like, um, and then there's another documentary that I watched a lot called, um, Michael Jordan Beyond. Is that it? Michael Jordan. It was the IMAX one. IMAX. Whatever, whatever one came out oh. in the IMAX. Um, and it touches a lot on the, the baseball career. And um, one of the guys um, that's in it, I can't think of who it is, but he was a sports writer, and that's when Sports Illustrated put MJ on the on the cover saying, you know, he's an embarrassment to baseball. And this Chicago sports writer, I think it was, that's in this documentary with, with him is like, I was following Michael Jordan's career, base, baseball career, and I saw a guy working harder than anyone, waking up doing batting practice, staying late doing batting practice, staying late doing, you know, fielding, doing all these things. And he says, and this has always stuck out to me, that Sports Illustrated puts Michael on the cover saying Michael Jordan's an embarrassment to baseball. And this sports writer says, I only hope that when my kids grow up, there is a big of an as embarrassment as Michael Jordan because he was the first guy there, last guy to leave, and just put in the work. Just like he's not embarrassing baseball. He's doing everything right to to be better, to work at it. And that's what you want for your kids is to put in the work and and start to see the 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 hard work come to come to light. But um, that one's always stuck out to me. So, but his retirement was weird because it was like the top of his game. Like I remember right. them playing the Phoenix Suns in the in the championship, and I had some friends over, and we had for like one of the games, and we had a mini hoop in our house, and we had the TV going, and we had the mini hoop, and they were Spurs or Suns fans, and I was a MJ fan. I had like my Michael Jordan cutout cardboard, full life size Michael Jordan. In the corner, full Home Alone yes, cutout. Yes, I have outside. it. I still have it. I should have brought it today. Oh, yeah, um, that would have been epic. <laughs> um, but we were just playing dunk hoop. Yeah, we were playing like mad mini dunk hoop in the house, just going hard, sweating. Then we would take a break when they're when the game was on. Then it'd go to commercial, and we'd check the ball up and play again. And then we'd go and watch the game as soon as the timeout was over. And like that, those are some of my like funnest memories of watching Michael Jordan. Is actually like. We were trying to imitate everything that Michael Jordan was doing on a little mini hoop on the back of my door, like a Nerf hoop, um, you know, trying to imitate and make shots and um, do those things. So, like, those 93 finals um, against the Suns, like, I really remember, like, just imitating and, like, on my mini hoop, like, trying to dunk like Mike in those things and watching those games. Those were super fun. And I thought it was interesting that Charles Barkley even says, like, every time I stepped on on that court, I was the best player. He's like, it was hard for me to admit this, but he's like, MJ, better than me. Yeah. Like that, for Charles mm-hmm. Barkley to even say that, man. Yeah. Bar- it's true. Just admitting alone, yeah. That, yeah. Tough. Sheesh. So, yeah, obviously does the baseball, um, and then I'm back. That's I'm back. Su- that's sweet. Two words. Two I'm words. I'm back. Two words. I'm back. Yeah. So he joins the team after 65 games, 94-95 season. Uh, they went on to play Charlotte in the first round, beat them 3-1, to one, and then eventually lost to the Magic in the Eastern Conference semis just because you know he wasn't really in basketball shape. And, yeah, that was that. So he's back. 
Yeah, he's back. Um, those were great because that was like, now I'm like, at my age, I'm like, let's see, middle school. Yeah. So like, I'm like, that's the best time for him to be back. Yeah. Like late middle school, no. early high school, like amazing. Um, when he said that he was going to retire, did you at any point think, oh, he'll play oh, again? Or did you think, I think he was a, done? We all thought he'd come back. I, I he, thought he okay. would come back. I, he, he like, was, I think, I mean, he, he as you can tell from the documentary, it still hurts his father being gone really hurt. So, like, for him to step yeah. away from the game, like, after all of that, even as a young kid, you knew, like, like he'll come back. He'll come back. He's he going to come back. Like, he just needs a break. He needed some time to um, grieve. And, and I feel like baseball was kind of that bridge for him to grieve and kind of get his thing. And he needed to, I think he needed to reset his body and his mind from basketball because – yeah, he needed a reset. There's too I much. Mean, just, but no, yeah. I don't think. I always said. I think I. I don't think there was ever like a time where I didn't think he'd come back. Yeah. Like he was. Yeah, he's retiring, but he's still like the best in the world. So he'll just. He's just gonna take like a vacation. Yeah. So. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. And then we get on Can't to that summer. Starts filming for Space Jam. And this was his his. His strategy for filming with Space Jam, he invited these players to play pickup games so that he could watch them work out in the offseason and learn how to beat them when the time came. That, You know, Sean Bradley's showing up, which I, I kind of read Sean Bradley's involvement. He basically was involved in Space Jam because he was a tall white dude that like knew how to make fun of himself. <laughs> but there, there was no reason that Sean Bradley should have been out there with Chuck, Patrick Ewing, um, even you know Muggsy, Bo- Muggsy Bogues, and who was the other guy? Larry, Larry Johnson. Johnson? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Grandmama. <laughs> what do we think of Space Jam? Let's 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 give it a little review right now. You want me to go? I watched it last oh, night. It is so good. It is so good. That's like your movie. I love Space Jam. It is so good. Like I can't tell you as a kid growing up how good Space Jam was. As a kid, what was that? Did you see oh, it in yes. theaters? Absolutely, at the Village okay. Six movie theater, Missoula, in Missoula, Montana. Shouts, Shouts out. out! They're gone. They gone. <laughs> they gone. <laughs> the the big corporations came in. Uh, shut. You live on forever yes. with us. Uh, no, Space Jam is. I mean, it's you, iconic. Looney. It's tunes. iconic. You MJ. get Looney Tunes. Monstars. You get MJ. The Monstars. I had the Space Jam Michael Jordan doll. It was a doll. Like I don't know what else. it was. It wasn't an action figure. Uh-huh. It was big, and he was just palming a ball. <laughs> yeah. And you pushed a button in the back, and Michael Jordan's voice came out, and he just said, "Let's play some basketball." That's it, the line from the movie. And it was probably like this. <laughs> and then, just and like then I had muffly. Um, I think I got it. It was either for my birthday or maybe Easter, um, but. My parents got me Michael's Secret Stuff. It was like a Bluetooth with the tape on it. And it was just like the sugar candy, like 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 pixie stick candy <laughs> inside of it. But it was I had that. Um what I, I well I still have a Toon Squad jersey from then. See, that's oh, what yeah. that's what made Space Jam. Like those Toon Squads. When oh. Zach Levine came out. Yeah. Well like the, and then the and then he drops the he drops the the Space Jam Jordans in it. Like he'd never worn those the in the 11s. 11s, the Space Jam Jordan. Also an all-time yeah. shoe. And so like it was super fun, but like okay, like an actual review of it. I love the review of Michael's family or like the portrayal of Michael's family like the in his house. <laughs> 
He just lives in like like a, a normal suburban <laughs> yeah, yes, house yeah. with this with this like <laughs> no with this gate. bulldog that just attacks him. <laughs> like, uh, so that's one of my favorite things about the movie is just like that he's just this like normal suburban family guy um, in it, and he's like a multi millionaire. He's a yeah, yes, best basketball. And player then, ever. but I do love that like because he was, it, it, I think he wore his North Carolina practice shorts under his game shorts. I noticed that. Yeah, when he said it yesterday, I was like, did he actually do that? Yeah, in the so games? he... Yeah, in, like, he, his real basketball games? I think, like, early on in his career, he actually did that. Like, I, I don't know if... It, it, I'm... We, I always wore two pairs of basketball shorts growing up, like, in games. Like, we really? always uh-huh. had a second pair on. So, like, I don't know when that went away, but... Um, but, yeah, so in the movie, for him to, like, for the, like, the Looney Tunes to go get his North Carolina basketball shorts, like... That was super funny, and that like his kids are just gonna help out the Looney Tunes. Like these cartoons just pop up in your real life, and like the kids are so innocent that it's just like, oh yeah, no big deal. Like I'll show you where it is. Get off me, dog. Like here's his stuff. Yeah, um, I have. I wrote some notes while I was watching it, and I'm just gonna let me let me just comb through right. it while because, you while, while you're combing. Um, I'll chime in my review. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, nostalgic. There's golf. There's Bill Murray. There's oh, basketball. Bill Murray. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Space Jam. It's very yeah nostalgic. There, it's a very short watch, Mika. When you and I were talking, um, uh, it's an hour twenty minutes. Yeah, but uh, but it was my childhood. Friends. Like I grew up on it. Like being an adult now, it's still fun. I'd probably give it over like a B, but it's sweet. You should watch it. Absolutely, watch Space Jam. Yeah. You have to. It's definitely yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. especially it's, it's endearing. It, well, it's and especially things. like like I watch it now with my eight year old, and like I've made my other kids watch it. Like it's fun. Yeah. Like it, that's it's, what it is. It's fun, and but for Warner Brothers to build Michael Jordan, the like Jordan a gym, Dome, the Jordan Dome, like and just like he just gets the hoop every night and invite all these players, like and just shoot. And that is the dream. Yeah, that that is an ultimate dream, man. Um. Okay. So here here are some of my notes. Uh, at one point, Chuck is in some pews and he's praying, <laughs> and he says. <laughs> Dear Lord, if you, if you know, some whatever he says, and he says, if you do this, I'll never commit another technical foul. <laughs> um, uh, m- maybe Chuck had three hundred and twenty nine technical fouls before nineteen ninety six, wow. but um, and was the third highest, second highest, second highest, second most technical fouls of all time behind Carl Malone. Um, but I doubt it. So I he didn't stay true to that promise. Got his talent back. Didn't <laughs> didn't commit his promise with God. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, at one point, before they go out to play against the Monstars, Michael Jordan says, "Let's just have fun." And I thought, I don't think he's ever said that to anyone. None of his teammates, especially game. not Scott Burrell. Oh, Scott, dude, you would <laughs> especially man, not Scotty Burrell. Not Scott Burrell. <sighs> Poor Scott Burrell. Um, also, uh, they so there's one scene where the the purple dude. I don't remember what his name is. It's like, oh, uh, I don't remember what the purple alien's name is but um he gets his teeth shot out and it plays the theme music from pulp fiction and yes. it's like yosemite yes. sam and, and one other dude like, yes <laughs> and i never noticed that that's amazing so it's just you know the two dudes from pulp fiction uh great great adult reference and then this is my question where does the space jam soundtrack rank of all time since we've talked about the last dance soundtrack uh space jam soundtrack Ooh, I believe I can fly. Oh, I believe I can fly is a staple. And um, it's a what's good soundtrack. the 
Come on, ride the Come train. Come on and jam. And ride it. Is that song on there? No, what? Oh, is that? I'd have to. Come on and jam. Oh, that's it. That's it. Come on and jam. Is that just Space Jam? Yeah, it might I don't be. Know what. Um, Basketball Jones. Basketball Jones is a good one. Um, I Believe I Can Fly, like a romantic song that makes you want to jump and dunk the basketball. Oh, that yeah. was on repeat during my childhood. By right. um by a certain problematic artist, but uh the song is nice. Yeah. R- Robert Kelly. R. Kelly. But the song. It's a good song. Yeah. Uh the whole song is good. The the, oh, the soundtrack, soundtrack is good. I don't know all time. Maybe top ten. Mm, sure. It's soundtrack. Tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. Soundtrack wise. Yeah, if you're a yeah. hooper or like a kid. It's a good soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Yeah. True. It's it's Okay. I give it a B minus. The movie is like a B minus. Well, okay, so have you seen Above the Rim with no. Tupac? No. No. Oh. That's ah. where the song Regulate came out. Okay. Warren G. Regulators. Oh. That's another yeah. that's another soundtrack. The Above the Rim soundtrack in the nineties. Tupac stars in the movie, by the way. Another Hooper movie. You need to go watch that. And Neon from Cool Runnings, or Leon, whatever his name is. Ah, Cool Runnings. Um, That's another he's cool in one. it. So yeah, if you a basketball movie above the rim, Tupac. Okay, okay, I yeah. see that. So Space Jam overall sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go watch it. And Go watch Jordan Space Jam Dome. if you've never seen Space Jam. It's a um, great watch. It was on Netflix. It's not anymore. I had to pay to watch. And then it. obviously, ooh, that's right. That's right. It, is, it was on Netflix. Not anymore. Shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after yep. Space Jam. Tallies off another three P and man, the ninety five, ninety six season, seventy two and ten, don't mean a thing. Second best regular season don't all time. Don't mean a thing without the ring. What great great hats. What what great hats. Love it. Love it. Um and then that was really sweet to see him in the training room after be after winning the title, first one without his dad. Just bawling. Oh, what a scene! It was sad too, cause like it was just like anguish. Yeah. So. He did play with passion. Like it shows you, like everything that even it meant stuff off the court as well. Yeah, like it, yeah. him doing that and like crying afterwards. Like it was more than a game yeah. to him. It's life. It yeah. was life to him. It was more than a game. Where some players, it's just the game, and then we can leave it on the floor, and then you walk away, or and it's, it's just not a that. Paycheck and just it's just go. a paycheck at that at that stage. I'd love that paycheck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the following season, plays the Utah Jazz, and now I really want to get into this. Utah Jazz. We have Game Five, and I thought this was crazy. That they touched this, touched on this. Everybody always speculated it was the flu. It was flu-like symptoms. Who's getting the flu, though, you know, really, in June? Not a lot of people are getting the flu. But he said it was food poisoning. Pizza. Ah, good point. Pizza Hut. What's our thoughts? That was crazy. They said five guys showed up. They think that it was food poisoning. That it was a bad batch. Pepperoni's undercooked. What's your take, T? So I have a couple different Because they were in Park City. At the time. Yeah, it was in Park City. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind that, like, maybe something was undercooked or something, but I know there's, like, the theories about, like, they poisoned them. Like, okay, like, a, a, 
a college kid delivering pizzas just has like some poison in his car, like we're just gonna poison this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that would probably kill him, yeah, right? Like, 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 oh, I've been, I've been working on this brew of poison. Like, it's perfect timing to like poison Michael Jordan yeah. right now. Like, so come on, like, um, and then the did you see the article? Like, the guy who says he delivered, delivered it? it came out, and he was like, first of all, he was a Bulls was just, fan. Yeah, he was a Bulls fan. I was the only guy that delivered it. I remember delivering the pizza. I asked to see Michael. Michael waved. That's his story. Um, I have, I have I've, no doubt that Michael was sick. He looks sick. He doesn't look healthy when no, he played he that doesn't. game. He doesn't. Um, was it food poisoning? I don't know. Was it flu-like symptoms? I don't know. He wasn't Michael Jordan, but... Um, Definitely something happened, but I think it's one of those motivators. Like maybe he didn't feel that great. Maybe like maybe he did throw up in the middle of the night and he used that. Like, hey, those those guys, I'm not like it's one of those competitive edges. <laughs> he made it up. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. saying he did that, but it wouldn't like it might be one of those instances where he just decided, like, hey, George Carl walked past me, that's my competitive edge. Like I had pizza at two in the morning last night. I don't feel that great. And I'm going to blame it on that guy that delivered me pizza and say it was food poisoning. And, and maybe he really was, but I think he used it as a competitive edge. Yeah. yeah. Like, why wouldn't he? Uh, he made. I honestly, before I found out it was Pizza Hut, there is a pizza place in Park City on Main Street that I've eaten at, and it's horrible. And it's called Main Street Pizza and Noodle. It's like $40 <laughs> for a pizza, and the pizza's not even that good. So I was like, oh, guaranteed they're the one that gave him the pizza. The, they weren't. They weren't. Um, Dang it. I'm surprised I don't know more people whose brother's uncle was the one that delivered yeah. the pizza. Yeah, That's my yeah. totally. It's like, oh, I've ne- I didn't even know that that was the story. So and what's funny is like whenever I have, I've had pe- food poisoning, um, I feel better like after 10 hours. Oh, yeah. You like, know what I mean? So like, It's not a 24-hour thing. No, and like what he had was a total 24-hour mm, yeah. thing roughly. So Yeah. But hey, it worked out. Yeah. Popped off. So they beat the Jazz in six. <laughs> Shouts out Steve-O. Steve-O has a pair of flu game oh, 12s. Wow. I never realized it until like a few wow, years ago. The goat. Steve the goat. the goat. And then lastly, the yeah. last dance, 97-98 season, they beat Utah Jazz. Again, six games. It was not a push-off. Brian Russell's momentum was going forward. The shot, that was clean. Not Iconic. And save, tell us the movie Morsel. The fun fact with that shot. Oh, so. This is great. At the moment that he pushes Russell, or doesn't push Russell, he doesn't, nah. doesn't he just gives him a little like a little, little, little like thank you, like thanks for trying, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks, thanks for, for six for, thanks for thanks for the effort, thanks buddy. For six rings. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't take credit for it. My good friend Walter texts me and he's like, "Did you notice that when the ball went through the net, there was twenty three minutes left in the episode?" And I was like, oh, my gosh, they did that on purpose. There was 23. Ball goes through the net. Brian Russell goes screeching by. Jordan hangs his hand, follow through, watches it go through the net, and boom, 23 minutes left in the documentary on the dot. He's like, you think that's on purpose? I said everything Jordan did was on purpose. I, I would almost bet that to that point, it was 45 minutes into the episode that that's when he sinks it. Bam, four, five. I'm not playing well. Let's go back to the two, yep. three. Two, three, man. Yeah. It's just. I mean, I don't know if anybody else does this. I'm a big enough Jordan fan that, like, I'll purposely put my TV volume on 23. 
Like, like I do that. Like 20, I'll, 23 in the gas? Fill mm, up the car? No, because I always... You gotta top that off. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta get a little top off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You're uh-huh. not that obsessed. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's a little creepy, Tanner. Um, all right. Well, it is... That's a little too superstitious. Yeah. Anything else? Anything no, there's else? no such oh, thing. Okay, I want to ask you this. So, Jerry Cross. Oh, also so, lo- looks like the the bad guy in Space Jam. Yes, I, yeah, I, Mr. Swackhammer. Yes. Definitely, I love those memes. <laughs> definitely, could, Jerry Cross. Could Krause. they have done a four P after that season? I mean, why couldn't they? I mean, if they mm-hmm. if they can keep everybody, yeah, they yeah. keep Jordan Pippen, Rodman, Luke Longley, what? Tony Kukoc, Ron Harper, Steve Kerr. If they keep everybody, they should make a run at it. Yeah, um, which um, you know, who says they couldn't? Like um, the Jazz gave them the their biggest fits, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the Jazz were tough, um, but like who guards Jordan? Yeah. And and Scotty goes down with a bad back in Game Six. Yeah, true. Right, because uh, um, like, I was I was doing some research. I was looking up that Phil Jackson um, was saying that seven years as a coach after seven seasons with a team, that's when you start. That's when they start losing interest in what you say. And he was coming up on nine seasons, and he even says in the documentary, he's like, "Yeah, it was time. Time to." So hit. yeah, I think there's yeah. no doubt it was time. So. But like, you're talking about guys that competed. So if you put them together for another year, they, do they win a four peat? I mean, I mean, you don't know, but like, do they have a really good shot at it? Absolutely. Probably, um, yeah. So I don't see who. I mean, I guess the Pacers were giving them fits in the East. Sure. Um, who else was? I mean, that was really it. The Pacers were the only ones that gave them fits in the East. So they just got to make it through the Pacers again. Um, and the Spurs and w- ended up winning the title there the next season. The next season, yeah. Yeah, Steve Kerr got the four. Yeah, he went to the Spurs that year, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, so yep. he doesn't go there. The Spurs aren't with Steve Kerr. Yeah, no, <laughs> the Spurs don't make it because Steve Kerr's not on the Correct. team. He was, he was, he was if the pa- he was the Pat McCaw of the nineties. Yes. Oh, I you love the Pat man, another one. <laughs> I do love Pat McCaw. Uh, former former Warriors. Great guy. Former Warriors. I have a sweet movie morsel that I'd like to share real quick. Can I share it? Be really quick. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> TC's Don't giving even me ask a for face. Permission. Don't even ask. Oh, I, I love it. He's not giving me a face. He's down. So documentaries, there are six kinds of documentaries, six like categories they can be grouped in, movie, miniseries, however you want. Um, there's an expository documentary, which directly addresses an issue in the historical world. Observational which observes things, you know, as they happen. I'd say that's like a hoop dreams kind of participatory, which is, I would say the last dance where you interview or interact with the subjects involved. There's the reflective, which is questions, documentary form and defamiliarize the previous like documentary categories. We've, I've talked about the other three, the poetic, which reassembles fragments of the world poetically. And then the performative, which stresses subjective aspects so there you go. Six kinds. I'd say The Last Dance is participatory because you're getting interviews from all different kinds of people involved in MJ's yeah. career. Love that. And that's it. Sweet movie morsel, documentary kinds. Well, Six kinds. is next on my documentary list. I, I do think it's interesting, it's though, that like these 
these are the lost tapes, basically, right? MJ said, mm-hmm. release the tapes. Yeah. yeah. But he <laughs> owns the rights to this. Like, it wasn't the Bulls franchise that owns the rights to these films, or ESPN. Like, they partly owned them, but MJ owned mm-hmm. the rights. He had, like, the last go, the last like, the word, last O kind of Right? Okay like, kind he of had, like, like I can, okay, it's time. Like, so, my question is, like, he gave the okay when LeBron won it with Cleveland, right? He gave the okay then. Like, okay, release the tapes. Why now? He's got to protect his throne. Is that is that is that what everybody's opinion is? It, it seems to me like as as good as the docu the documentary is ranked sixth all time on IMDb TV series six like ahead of Game of Thrones ahead of uh, you know tons of great shows. Um, it does seem like a Michael Jordan propaganda piece. Okay, I was at, I think you the, just took the words from my mouth like like. Playing devil's advocate, like I love Michael Jordan. This was super fun for me to rewatch mm-hmm. and in and, and engage in some of those things that I participated in as a kid. Sure. Um, yeah. But the propaganda part of it, like that, if you're not Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant and you didn't train with Tim Grover, you are not competitive and you will not be successful in this league. Yeah. Like yeah, the only two people you don't want to win, you're losing. Yeah, basically. like you're the the only two people that ever had a competitive edge in the in the NBA were Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, like in in no like they're great competitors, but like that's the propaganda that came out. Like so does like do we believe mm-hmm. that? Do we be, do we believe that like MJ had this? Well, it, it's interesting because there's reports that Scottie Pippen is livid. About the documentary. Well, and Horace Grant came out and said it's all a lie, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, Horace Grant. That was the most reason when I saw. Yeah. Because Michael Jordan essentially called Horace Grant a snitch, even though Michael Jordan told on the entire team when he was a rookie (laughs) and snitched on the documentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Of him going in the hotel room. The cocaine cocaine. bulls. (laughs) Everyone was doing cocaine. I wasn't. Except for me. I wasn't. Trust me. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was totally like, hey, this is my tapes. This is how good I was. Here's a refresher. I think I told Tanner my, I did laugh at the end of the documentary. Like it's great. Oh, I loved it, but I did laugh at the, the very end. MJ sitting on a bench, looking out the window at what I'm guessing is his house somewhere in like Charlotte or wherever he lives, and he's smoking like a 17 inch cigar, <laughs> <laughs> like reminiscing over like how good his life was, like and is. Like, and I just, like, kind of laughed at it. Like, I looked at my wife, and I was like, like, what? Like, like this is the defining moment. Like, I can finally sit back, and I have the biggest cigar in the world. Yeah. Like, I thought that part was kind of funny, actually. Like, I thought it was, it was, it was a little... Yeah. A little corny. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's so, MJ. So, like, yeah. Where he worked his tail off. No, it, I mean, you can't, like, MJ's the GOAT, like, to me. Totally. Like, he is like LeBron is my second favorite basketball player. That's interesting. Um, so he released the tapes. He said, "Okay, go." After the Cavs and LeBron won in 2016. Yes. So they've been wow. working on it for two, two, three years. Three years three working years. on it. Wow. Um, and this wasn't supposed to come out, right? Like Til- they they put this out early yeah. because of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang. So, I, what do you guys think? So you know, overall of the documentary, kind of breaking it down. I think technically the documentary is crazy. I think the editing for the documentary is great. 
the only thing that I the only thing that I think is yeah, like like you said, it's I don't think it's the best documentary I've ever seen. Maybe not even the best documentary series I've ever seen, but for what it achieves, I give it an A minus. It's yeah. definitely sweet. It's worth anyone's. I, watch. I'm going to give it an A. I would have liked to almost. I would have liked to see more interviews from other players. I almost thought it could have even been longer. Uh, I would have preferred them to just release it all in one week. And it was nice to kind of look forward to something, and you can kind of feel like it was brought. But I love the behind the scenes, and I love just seeing more of MJ because you know I didn't grow up watching MJ. I grew up watching Kobe uh, and LeBron. So I'm going to give it an A. Yeah. Very sweet. I have minimal gripes about it, but it was. I wish I could have seen a little bit more interviews. But it was sweet, just kind of seeing the background and the history of MJ, and I thought it did a good job of that because it is essentially about MJ. Yeah, no, I had a. Mm-hmm. I give it an A. I mean, and it's definitely sweet, and it was super sweet for me to relive some of those moments. Um, I would have liked to see even more behind the scenes, like locker room talks and MJ actually punching Steve Kerr in the face. Like, I would have rather seen that, um, like the actual unseen footage. Like, because I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure it's on those tapes somewhere. Um, Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of 97, 98 footage in the whole documentary. No, which is what I thought it was going to be. Like, they did a really good job of going back and forth in the timeline. Like, um, Mm -hmm. and so that was super fun with me. I did enjoy that kind of how it was like, here we go. And then flashback. Let's, let's talk about Dennis Rodman here. Yeah. Yeah, How about Dennis Rodman? Man. Just had free reign to do whatever he wanted. (laughs) Whatever he wanted. Carmen Electra looks real great. (laughs) Hasn't yeah, aged a day really. since no. the nineties. Good, Good for, for her. her. I love that. When also, yeah. Just a tidbit here. She was Prince's girlfriend before she was Dennis Robbins. Yes, she gave her that name. Her real name's like Tara. Yeah. Wow. So just, yeah, I mean, Prince is the real goat of all of this. By the way, it's and he's a huge true. basketball fan. Yep, Rick James. <laughs> Game <laughs> blouses. Game blouse. Would you like to stay for some pancakes? All time. Chappelle show oh, sketch. Oh yeah, hands down. Oh, easy. Like, the char- like, the, like the real life Charlie Mur- Charlie Murphy stories made Chappelle show. Yeah, like the actual skits, like the Mad Real World and like the race draft. They were funny, like they were good. But the real life Charlie Murphy stories that were reenacted, those are what made Chappelle show. That's so funny. <laughs> Game bl- and game then he blesses. says, "Would you like to stay for some pancakes?" <laughs> Give it to me, ba- oh no, that's, that's, that's Rick James. Rick James. Never no, mind. But th- that's a real life uh, Charlie Murphy story. What he unity, mm-hmm. unity. Um, so <laughs> super good. Um, Sticks and stones. Yes. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, last dance was great. Yeah. Um, anything else? Because we got to get to top five to round top five movies. Out. Let's go for it. You ready, Keeks? Anything else you want to chime in? Uh, when a uh, sweet movie more so about Hoop Dreams one more time go watch Hoop Dreams uh, when Michael Jordan went to go return to play with the Wizards he trained with William Gates from Hoop Dreams and they offered William Gates a tryout oh. for the team but he broke his foot so he couldn't how many go. times was William Gates injured in Hoop Dreams uh, half so, the documentary so 90 minutes <laughs> yeah. of a of a three hour documentary yeah okay mm-hmm. fascinating gosh what a great movie anyways your top right, five T, start okay. it from five four three two one Give oh it to us. man we're ready Okay, so I know what number one is, but all the sweet tradition. Stuff. Keeks doesn't. Keeks doesn't. Okay, and the sweet zone. So uh, number five. Oh man, I didn't really even think about this, but um, so I'm gonna have to let everyone know that I am a huge '80s movie 
connoisseur. Like yes, I love eighties films. Mm. Um, I love the mm-hmm. way they're portrayed. I love that now you can go back and watch them and you're like, holy cow, they said shit like ninety times in that movie. Yeah. But yeah. my pa- <laughs> but my parents <laughs> The Goonies. My, my parents let me watch it. Yeah. So um, my favorite director of all time is John Hughes. Um, oh, so, great choice. I mean, if you're an 80s fan, you have to be John Hughes, right? He, like, he wrote the teenage love story, but yet like cool kid um, or even like awkward kid things. Um, so Yeah, the coming of coming age. Coming of age. Story. So, um, one, so I'm going to go with number five, um, a John Hughes film, Home Alone. Home Alone. That's, that's the 90s, not. It's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Home John Alone. Hughes. Yeah. Like it and still it's is. A, yeah. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. It's a coming of age okay. movie, right? Like Iconic. Kevin had to grow up. Love Home Alone. So I watch it every year every, on Christmas. Oh, I watch it. I, you can watch Home Alone any time of the year. Yeah. It doesn't have. I do watch it at Christmas a lot, but Home Alone is better than Home Alone One. So, uh, or Home Alone is better than Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Um, but they're good. Very true. Um, it's very good. They're both. I don't. I don't know if many people know that John Hughes wrote and directed that. Also, um, John Williams did the score for Home Alone, and the score for Harry Potter sounds almost identical oh, to Home wow. Alone. Wow! Yes. Go listen yes. to it in your own time. Yes. Very similar. So number four, I'm going to go with um, Lord of the Rings. Ah, great. Should be good higher, choice. But let's go. Lord of the Rings. Which one? Which one out of the three is your fave? <laughs> Oh, Fellowship of the Rings. My guy. Fellowship of the Rings. My it's the best one. Let's go. And you have one. to go the extended movie editions. Yeah. You no. can't you can't do the ex- or the extended film. Like you can't you just don't get the background, the story, you don't understand what's going on. Could you do the one ring challenge? That is watch all the extended in one night. With five minute breaks in between the movies. I'm I couldn't. The one, the one ring, ring challenge. <laughs> what is this? Sonic the Hedgehog? It sounds yeah. like a TikTok <laughs> like, thing. I have one ring left to survive. I gotta watch it. <laughs> um <laughs> I could, I could do it. I just wouldn't enjoy it as much. I would like to break it up. Um, no, I could, I could probably do it. I'd probably fall asleep a lot because now I've watched them so many times yeah. that like I can fall asleep for 15, 20 minutes and wake up and, and still know what's going on. Yeah. Like I, I, even though I'm asleep, I still hear all the dialogue. Um, so number three, number three. So, we got to go Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, that's a great so one. So one of my favorite lines from Ferris Bueller's Day Off Speaking is... Of Chicago. Life, yeah, Chicago. We got to put that in there. Yeah. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and looking around once in a while, you could miss it. And so I always say that like to my kids. I say it to my wife. My wife had it put on a bracelet that I wear, just that life moves pretty fast. Um, and so it's one of the iconic lines, John Hughes... Um, again, um, so Ferris Bueller. Um, and, and T, I got it. You got it in vinyl lettering on T your does house. A good job of doing in that. cursive, keeping things loose, being super fun. That's one of the things I've learned about you. Yeah, life and moves from fast. You is just to enjoy life, take it day by day. Yes, it can be stressful, it'll be crazy, but there's there's great things about life. So number two is a tie. I have two movies at number two. Okay, first of all, we'll go with another John Hughes film, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, he did oh, that yes. one? Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. And number two, and Christmas Vacation. Oh. Yeah. So the only one he didn't direct of those is um, Vegas Vacation. 
Um, oh, okay. So, but he did National Lampoon's Vacation, European Vacation, and Christmas Vacation, um, which Dang. are like like top top movies of mine. Anyways, like um, so that's that's a tie with number two with The Goonies. Okay. Oh, never say die. Never, Goonies never say die. Love it. Um, Richard, Richard Donner. Um, so I have been to the twenty fifth anniversary of the Goonies in Astoria, Oregon, and the 30th anniversary of the Goonies in Astoria. This summer, June 7th, Goonies Day, marks the 35th, and my my buddy Walter and I were supposed to go, but it got shut down. So the first, the, the 25th anniversary was amazing. It was the release of the Blu-ray Goonies. I know what I'm doing June 7th. Are we doing a Goonies? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, Ow. It was the 25th, you could, so... You paid for the weekend through, like, you got to go stay in Historia, and they had all these events planned, and it was super cool. They had a red light or a red carpet night with, like, they invited a bunch of the actors back, um, and then you got to premiere the the film at the theater in Historia where it was, like, originally premiered. Um, And so then we got to do, like, meet and greets. Um, We got to meet Joey Pants. Um, And so um, But the best part of the whole weekend is we go to this little, like, dive bar and do karaoke, and who is there? Josh Cohen, Chunk. Oh. And we did karaoke with Chunk until 3 in the morning. Oh, my. And there's a, there's a picture. So there's a picture. I'll have to see if Walter still has it. If we There's a picture floating around of Walter, Josh Cohen, and myself doing the One-Eyed Willie right here. Just... We oh, need we that, need we'll that pick. I'll up. find it. We'll, yeah. And so that was so that was the first year, um, the 25th anniversary. And then like everybody that went, we got like all these like I got this like sweet patch, and you got the swag bag and all this cool stuff. And then you got a Blu-ray copy of the movie, and it was the first time that the movie came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, and it has like a treasure map inside of it, and like a game, like a Goonies game, and like you got to play the bones and like all this stuff. So Goonies is fire. The 30th anniversary. <coughs> They did an 80s con. Instead of all these events, they had like an 80s con there. So like there was a a comic con, but just 80s stuff. So like there was this big convention going on. So and then sweet movie morsel here for you guys. Walter, my good friend Walter that goes with me, he, the first five years of his life, grew up in Astoria, Oregon. And his best friends from there own a restaurant there called the ship Inn, and we'd go there and have um we'd have fish and chips there it was like it's like on the coast right there in astoria but they are in the movie in like the like scene where there's all the four four by four like truck vehicles racing on the beach so like oh yeah, yeah, yeah near it's the at end. the beginning it's at the beginning um like when the when the Fertellis oh, are trying yeah, yeah, to get that's away. Right, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's a blue suburban, mm-hmm. and that is their car. And we stayed at their house, and they still have that blue suburban. That's awesome. Um, so um, we stayed. So they're in the. So they're in the movie in that like scene where you're they're racing. So um, and so the Goonies was huge. It's their 35th anniversary this year, and like they were going to have a big event. Um, but then it got canceled. And so Walter and I had been like, he had been actually planning like a ton of cosplay. We were trying to get like the whole like cosplay thing going for the 35th, but bummer. We're not going to make it, but we'll do the 40th. Yeah. 
We'll do the 40th. All of us. Um, Sweet film meetup. So, number one, Tanner knows it, but Back to the Future. Oh, that's a homer. That's a great one and two. Show Keeks your flux capacitor. Uh, Yeah, so my wedding ring is the flux capacitor. A tattoo of the flux capacitor. That's so sweet. So, when my wife and I were dating and you're getting to know each other, you like start asking, you know, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? And I I asked Amanda, my wife, I said, what's your favorite movie? And she said, I don't know if I have a favorite, but anytime Back to the Future comes on, I have to watch it. And Back to the Future was my favorite movie. So I knew right then and there, like a week into dating, like, Boom! You're my wife. Like I don't. I don't <laughs> care. It. It's done. It's Back done. it up. You're off the market. Propose, I'm in. off the market. Done. Um, so I also proposed with a pair of Nikes. I had a custom pair of Nikes made up that said "Will you marry me?" on them. So, um, so Ooh. I'm a big time Nike. So, but yeah, Back to the Future. Marty McFly. He's one of my favorite iconic characters. Like, how cool is Marty McFly? So smooth. Um, plays funny. the guitar, skateboards, hoverboards. Time travels, has a really hot girlfriend, Jennifer Parker, shout out. Um, mm-hmm. His family is super cool. Um, well, once he goes back in time and, like, saves them. Um, yeah. But then true. he also hangs out with this, like, old, creepy Doc. wizard magician slash, like, inventor guy. <laughs> like, and what parents, like, I have a 16-year-old, like, what parents let their kids just go hang out with this, like, old inventor guy in, like, Hill Valley? Like... So Doc is super cool. Um, so, but I love number one. One of the greatest movie scenes of all time is when Marty in Back to the Future number one plays Johnny B. Be Good. good. One of the greatest film scene. One of the greatest scenes ever in all movie history. Um, and then number two, obviously, just because you have two very cool things. You have the hoverboard. You go to the future, first mm-hmm. of all. You go like to the year 2015, and they have the hoverboard and then the Nike Air Mag auto lacing. Um, and one of the tragedies that I think Nike hasn't hit on is Doc hands him the, the shoes in this like Nike sportswear like tube bag. It, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. We'll have to go get a picture of it, but it's this Nike sportswear bag. But it's not like a du- it is a duffel bag, but it's not a duffel bag, and I can't believe it's never been and released. Dang! Um, hold some shoes. They yeah. should have pop. They should have pumped those babies it's, out for two thousand fifteen. You know, I bet, I bet there's like a friends and family version so of the bag. I've, there's they almost always do crazy I've, stuff like that. But I, I, yeah, I don't think I've, I've found ever seen it, it on. Um, I follow a, a Facebook group, Back to the Future Facebook group. And there have been people that oh, have nice. made their own, like through like Etsy or something, and like that's pretty like, rad. Um, that's pretty, but sweet. it's pretty cool. I I think it's a tragedy tragedy that Nike has never released the actual bag. When they did the Air Mags originally, they did them in a plutonium box, which was fire, mm-hmm. by the way, complete fire. Yeah. Um, but I also hated the way the original Nike Air Mags um, were released because they were released on eBay. And this is for a really good cause for the Parkinson's, like Michael J. Fox. I remember that. Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's, which was incredible that they did that, but they made it really hard for like the normal consumer, like the everyday consumer to get their hands on because they were selling for like 10000 15000 20000 like $80,000 on Dang. eBay. And they weren't auto-lacing. They, were, they were not auto-lacing. They were auto-lacing. just normal shoes. So, um, yeah. so 
they made it really hard for like the original everyday fan like myself to get a hold of because like I didn't have tens of thousands of dollars to like bid on eBay which that money amazing that money was raised and went to the Michael J Fox Foundation for Parkinson's which is amazing but but as a fan it really was hard to get a hold of those and I still haven't my wife went into flight um, flight club in New York probably like 6 years ago thinking like if they have a pair she was willing to spend like $5,000 on them for me and they had a pair <laughs> And they were fifteen thousand dollars, and she's like, "Oh, I don't love him that much," um, okay. which I don't. I I yeah. would never spend that amount. But she like mm-hmm. went in fully, like, and I don't know if I'd even spend five thousand on them. But she went in fully, going like, "All right, if they have them, I'm gonna I'll, I'll spend five thousand dollars on Dang. on these." Um, so shout out to her, like yeah. that's a true we love a Back to the more. Future fan. Yes. Should we tell? Should we tell the story? Should we? Should we bring Tanner's ego back to life of the first time he saw my wife? Yeah, we'll say it. Yeah, you got to. This is, my so, respect yeah. went up even more for you. So my <laughs> wife, I definitely outkicked my coverage. You know, like <laughs> she is way hotter than I deserve, and way cooler than I deserve. But she comes. Tanner's training for me this now. Is like my first week. First week training for lace them up. And my wife comes into the gym, and she must have left or something. Yeah, she was, like, sitting on the bleachers. Maybe she was sitting like, on the bleachers. She was, like, waiting for you. I think you went to the bathroom, and then you came back in. And I came back, and Tanner goes, yo, who is that chick? She's hot. And I'm like, that's my wife, bro. And he was just, like, he just, like, dapped me up super hard. And I was, I was like, like, good work, man. Good let's work, go. bro. Let's go. I can see it too. Just let's go. So he boosted my confidence right there. Oh, you're right. Like I I got, I got major. Like, come on, bro. Like you know that you know what time it is. It's game time. Woo. Let's go. Let's go. Oh man! One, two, three, go! Oh, I love it. That's so fun. Also, the Chicago Bulls uh, intro, like that they played in the '90s, like for the Chicago Bulls. That intro is a. If you go find that, like. That's a fire song too, man. It's big time. So Huge. all right, all time. Ray Clay hey, shouts out. This was take eighty five. Take eighty five. Jordan came, Jordan came in the league eighty four eighty five right. Take yep. eighty five. Another. Mm-hmm. There we go. Wow. It all for yes. reason. It just lines up. Uh, no, Tanner. Thanks so much for coming on, sharing your stories. Love your passion. I'll probably see you tomorrow. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> And the next day. Um, glad you and Keeks could touch base again. We'll see you at Wingstop. Uh, Wingstop. When Keeks is in town. I'll be out there. Keeks, when you Keeks, when you coming? Sometime. Oh, gosh. I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah. hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. soon. Yeah. soon. Yep. So it'll be great. Sheesh. I need a break. <laughs> I need we'll a vacation. Wingstop, uh, Wingstop and... Goonies in 10 years. Goonies. I, my basketball, I'm going to take you up on that. We're going to get a basketball training session in. Let's do it. I'll wear all this that I'm wearing. Please. And I'll record it. And Because we'll get it, we'll yes, put it on the pod. For the pod. Put it. Um, Let's go. All right. Well, that's Take 85. As always, everybody, stay sweet. Stay sweet. Sweet. sweet.